Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we are going to talk about pregnancy loss today. And, and it's so important because I know you had some pregnancy losses. And um, let's get started because I know there are people that are listening to this show that want to know what the problems and how to deal with it is. So you want to introduce our guest? Sure. Like you said, Mom, I think it's such an important topic because there are so many families out there that are, have dealt with pregnancy loss and so many women that have had pregnancy loss and it is not talked about enough and it's often minimized. And as you know, I've had two miscarriages and so it's something that is near and dear to my heart. And our guest today has been on the show before and she's wonderful and very knowledgeable on this topic. And her name is Dr. Erica Goldblatt-Hyatt. She is a professor at Rutgers University and the Department of Obstetrics gynecology and reproductive sciences at Robert Wood Johnson Medical Center. She is also the author of Grieving for the Sibling You Lost, The Teen's Guide to Coping with Grief and Finding Meaning After Loss. So welcome to the show, Erica. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm so glad that you're willing to shine a spotlight on something that many people grieve in silence about. Mm -hmm. I, I know you have um, not only worked with families who have had pregnancy loss, but also you're working with doctors to try to educate them how to help people, right? Yes, actually, I'm really, so I am fortunate to do a job that I love, and I get to educate a lot of clinicians. I get to work with physicians. I get to work with genetic counselors. Recently, I trained uh, nurse practitioners in this type of loss, and what's so heartening to see is even now versus five or 10 years ago, there's real interest and there's a real goal in medical education to get providers up to speed with how they can support their patients when they've gone through a pregnancy loss. What do people need? I think they need a couple of things. So first of all, they need acknowledgement. They need acknowledgement that this is a huge loss and it's actually not one loss, but it's the loss of many different types of things in a person's life. It's the loss of hopes and dreams. It's the loss of whatever time was spent pregnant. It's the loss of imagining a sibling for a child if you have one already. Um, and there's losses of relationships in terms of folks that you might've been um, identifying with that are also pregnant around the same time. There's loss of trust in your body that it's supposed to do what is natural and what evolutionarily female bodies can do. So that acknowledgement that this is uh, a real type of loss, and in fact, many losses rolled under the title of pregnancy loss, I'd say is first and foremost, something that really needs to be discussed openly. Wow, that, that's a big laundry list. Heidi, are you identifying with that? Yes, I, I identified with so many things that Erica said that people don't realize. I mean, the idea of giving my son a sibling so that I didn't, I didn't realize there was secondary infertility. I just assumed I've had a baby. I, I'll be able to get pregnant again. You know, and I had years of infertility. 
and infertility treatment and really wanted these pregnancies and, and had two miscarriages during it. And, you know, people would, it was very minimized. It was very unacknowledged. And the other thing is people would use the words, well, at least you can get pregnant. At least you have a son, at least this, that, and the other. And they also kept saying to me, well, you'll have a baby eventually. You'll, you'll get pregnant again. You'll, you'll give birth to another child. I don't know why they said that because they weren't, they were so certain. And I do have a wonderful daughter and she is my child, but she was adopted, which is great. But, you know, there was all these, you know, things that people said that were not helpful. They didn't acknowledge that I had had a loss. And like you said, Erica, we, we lose our future because the second we get pregnant, we're like five years down the road, 10 years, 20 years. I mean, we're envisioning our whole life. So uh, it's, there's, like you said, multiple losses with this. You know, something you said as well stands out that I hear quite frequently from my clients uh, in psychotherapy, that people really have a hard time saying the right thing. You know, and first of all, we know that there's no right thing, right? When you've experienced the loss, you want to have someone hold space with you and make that loss visible beyond yourself. But um, people are really uncomfortable talking about pregnancy loss. Um, and so sometimes they say things that are meant to be kind, are meant to be comforting, but they really don't meet the mark. It's far better to say something like, what do you need from me right now? How can I support you? As opposed to talking about a person's fertility, right? Because many women experience fertility challenges as opposed to really using platitudes that don't quite um, meet the mark to just open yourself up and say, how can I help? You know, there's some other things too. The finances of it now can be horrendous for families mm -hmm. and, and a huge challenge and making decisions about what you're going to do and, and why could be really very difficult. Did you find doctors, were you involved with doctors at all? Did you find them supportive? Not at all. I mean, this was a lot, this was a different era. So I, I think people like Erica are educating doctors and nurses. And, you know, I was at an infertility clinic and I'll never forget going in. And this is back in what, I think 2000. So it was, you know, 2001, 2002. And they said, oh, it looks, and I was pregnant. So I went in for my regular checkup and they said, oh, it looks like you might be having a miscarriage. Why don't you come back tomorrow? And we'll let you know. I was like, excuse me. And it was just very business, matter of fact. We, we, it's going to take us time if we're to, until we're sure. We, you got to let your body do this. And I remember it was a, a day or two before I went back and I'm walking around in a surreal state going, I might be having a miscarriage. I might not. This is weird. But it was kind of very business, the way everything was handled. It, there wasn't a lot of hand-holding or it was just business as usual. So I know that Erica has gone in and done some, I know things are changing, which is a good thing. I think we're doing lots of training, but one thing that I frequently hear from uh, obstetricians and genetic counselors is, you know, uh, we're trained to work with the beginning of life. Um, we're not really trained to understand what to do when there's an ending close to the beginning. And I think that's so true. You know, you spend your obstetrics residencies and fellowships focusing on delivering babies and uh, doing scans and ultrasounds. And so there's just not the same amount of attention paid to when that pregnancy doesn't end in a live birth. 
So I wanted to ask you if I'm watching this show and I'm identifying with all of this and I've got these unresolved grief, I guess I would call it unresolved issues, what would you suggest? So I think there's a lot of really wonderful peer support online. There's lots and lots of Facebook groups and baby center groups. And this is actually a population that tends to seek support in peer support because it's almost one of those losses that feels like until you walk that path, you really can't anticipate. And I think that's probably true in a certain way with losses that until you've been in those shoes, you can't quite comprehend the pain of it. So reaching out from peer support is really helpful, but also starting to tell your story in safe environments, um, really allowing yourself to advocate that you are still a parent. You have been engaged in parenting from the moment that you found out about the pregnancy. And that doesn't go away. In fact, the relationship with the child that you would hope to have with the baby that was at one point living inside you, even if it was just the idea of being pregnant, that relationship doesn't go away. And so it doesn't matter if you lost a pregnancy at eight weeks or 28 weeks, the loss is real and deserves to be validated. Mm -hmm. What about the dads? Mm. So dads often uh, grieve a little bit differently. Dads have this kind of secondary type of grief where they're upset for the loss of the pregnancy, but they're also challenged because they see a spouse suffering and they don't really know how to make it better. They haven't carried the pregnancy. So sometimes the level of bonding might not be there. Sometimes it is. So I frequently see dads trying to get back to business as usual, trying to solve problems, things that really feel concrete and solvable and manageable. They kind of run right to those tasks. And I think it's okay to hold, again, holding space, feeling the sadness, sitting with your spouse as you start to acknowledge all those pieces of loss that have happened and looking less for solutions because unfortunately, um, there isn't a whole lot that can be done after this loss to, to make it better, to improve it. It's just really a matter of sitting with it and um, feeling the feelings. Frequently I'll say the only way out is through is avoiding the feelings. And I think this is true, you know, Heidi knows as, as a clinician um, that sometimes you have to work through, you have to go right towards the things that feel the most painful in order to get to the other side of them. So Heidi, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. A couple of things. I know that Compassionate Friends has an, an if a, a pregnancy loss based close Facebook page, mm -hmm. which I think can be really supportive and helpful for people. Um, and the other thing is around the around the men in grief, which I love that conversation. Um, a couple of things. My husband was definitely focused on me because it was like he felt it was my loss and that I had had carried the baby in the pregnancy or the you know however you want to say it and but I also think it was society saying to him how is Heidi mm -hmm. how, it's almost like he didn't have the right to his own loss because it was about it was every the focus was on me how is she feeling how is she doing you know etc and so I was always on me so I think that it would be amazing when, when we find out that there's pregnancy losses in families to ask men how they're doing, mm. you know, and say that we're sorry for their loss as well, because it is the loss of the idea of, uh, you know, another family member. 
I'm, I'm kind of wondering, I'm thinking back and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder if my husband, I wonder if the son's-in-law, I wonder if anybody said anything to, Mar to Heidi's husband. I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. Uh, no, I wouldn't either. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was fine with that. And because I didn't like I said, I think he didn't uh, yeah, I I mean, think he maybe, thought he had the right to his own loss. Yeah, very interesting. Well, give us a, a quick thought about your accept model. I know you've uh, got this model that you um, help people with. Talk about it a little bit. Sure. Well, this is a model that really applies to people that have made the decision to end a pregnancy in the later stages. Usually this is due to a fetal anomaly or a structural anomaly. And sometimes it's not until the 20 week ultrasound when most people go in expecting to find out that they're having a boy or a girl, um, that people are given really devastating information. And sometimes uh, they engage in the choice to end a pregnancy. And so you can imagine Pregnancy loss is already a challenging thing for people to talk about, to kind of wrap their heads around. And then there's another layer. We're certainly in a really dangerous time for um, abortion legislation in our country. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about it. And so uh, this is a group that tends to grieve very quietly, that again, goes online, and that feels deeply, deeply judged. And so uh, the goal of the accept model, because this is a population that really hasn't been able to get a lot of uh, good counseling models and a lot of research, is to help bring uh, bring forward some elements of modern grief theory to really help folks. So each letter stands for part of the process. It's not a stage-based model. It's one that people can move back and forth and in and out of. And it really involves things like acknowledging disenfranchised grief. So acknowledging that this is a grief that society may not uh, validate for you. And that can be really challenging. Connect emotions to the loss, which sometimes people are not even aware that the things that they're feeling and going through physically are really connected to their loss. A continuing bond, which really involves maintaining a relationship or a connection to that pregnancy. That doesn't have to be uh, overt. It can be simple things like planting a tree, like writing a story, um, exploring distortions. And so that's a piece that's really important because the, the lessons that we learn from our loss are sometimes not the most helpful when we are unable to trust our bodies, when we tell ourselves we're broken. So really exploring those distortions and then practicing new skills to help really replace some of those distortions with thoughts that are uh, gonna help us heal better. And finally, just telling the story is uh, allowing a pregnant person or a formerly pregnant person to tell their story of loss and really create a space to hear it um, is really important. So this is one of the few models out there for this group. And um, it's one that's close to my heart and that I hope more therapists and more clinicians get a hold of and feel like because it's really rooted in good evidence-based interventions throughout modern grief theory that hopefully they'll feel comfortable taking it on. Oh, Erica, I mean, we could just go on and on. You're just a fountain of wealth and information yeah. and uh, so great and so great to have you on the show today. Thank you for, for bringing this awareness out and for, for creating this incredible model. Thank you so much. I'm just so grateful that you provided a forum where we can talk about it and get people the help they need, whatever decision they make about their pregnancies, whether they continue or they end one, just to know that there's support out there and that we want to hear stories and we want to provide a safe place where people can tell them. Yep. And thank you for 
being on the show today and giving this information. It's really been wonderful. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Erica. And thanks everybody for joining us today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own. And God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.